0: com and through SoundCloud. Mike Garman, beat writer for Purdue Sports uh, with the Journal and Courier newspaper. Long time, uh, no talk to, I guess. Hope everyone is doing well, uh, staying safe, keeping uh, your distance uh, from others. Um, and that's, that's a big part as uh, we try to get through uh, this virus and get things back to to a working order, but uh, putting together a podcast uh, today based on the events of the last couple days uh, regarding uh, Matt Harm's departure from the Purdue basketball program, and you know what the makers, uh may do next. As uh, this, uh, you know, this came as a surprise. This came as a um, a shock um, when it uh, came down on Monday. Uh, and then uh, we had a chance on Tuesday to talk to Matt Painter about it. He shed some light on on what happened. Um, and of course, those you know those stories are out there if you want to read them. But the the snapshot of it was that uh, Painter had not uh, heard uh, Harms talk about transferring in previous conversations since the end of the season, and uh, he dropped it on him on Monday. Now. You know, there's going to be, there's two sides to every story. And Painter said, Darm's told him he wasn't happy and he wanted more. You know, what, what exactly does that mean? Uh, I've seen, you know, obviously Matt has talked to some of the national media about, um, you know, his decision and kind of what he's looking for uh, there. So you, we can only kind of, uh, uh, you know, read, read his comments and make, uh Uh, educated guesses exactly you know what he's looking for uh from you know from his new from his new home and and then there's probably you know a lot of behind the scenes stuff that we'll never really know about uh that may be led to to his decision uh i can only tell you in in the in the one year that i've dealt with him on a on an everyday basis he 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 comes across as a straightforward guy um he, he seemed like uh, a Purdue first guy. Uh, he seemed to fit what uh, Painter uh, and the coaching staff uh, wanted out of players. Uh, he seemed to have the right uh, makeup, uh, mental makeup, physical makeup, uh, and he seemed to kind of fit what Purdue was all about. And uh, he, he came across as a, as a team first guy. Uh, you know, he tried to be a leader this year when there wasn't a lot of leaders uh, on the team, um, but you know his his play was inconsistent, just like everybody else's. And he had he had some injuries. He had a couple concussions: one on the first day of practice, uh, the other one at uh, Nebraska uh, in December uh, that probably affected his play. Uh, he missed a couple games after that, and then he had the hip flexor at Michigan. Uh, and the double double overtime loss that you know maybe if he stays on the floor, they win that game and you know, that might you, know, you, you just don't know if that changes their season or or what or at the, at the end, you know they were a 16 and 15 team that that played up and down all year. and Matt w- was part of that group. But you know the injuries probably played a role in some of his inconsistent play. And uh, you know his his high water mark was the Minnesota game. Where he had 26 and 9, made some some key shots uh, down the stretch to kind of stretch that lead, and I think in the second overtime, some tip-ins. But he never got back to that level. He just, for whatever reason, he never got back to that level. uh, Where uh, not that Purdue needed needed him to be 26 and 9, but they needed uh, they needed him to be a double-digit scorer this year, average-wise. And I believe after the Minnesota game, he might have reached double digits uh, three or four times, if that. Um, so, uh, you know, what, what is he looking for in a new school? Again, it looks like, you know, going back to this year, though, it, it, it appeared that um, he, he was going up against some of the, uh, the better uh, post players in the country. Uh, and especially in the Big Ten on a nightly basis. I don't view Matt Harms as a, a a true center. Now, he has the size for a center, but I just don't think he has the um, the physical presence uh, for a center. And you remember, he's he's from uh, the Netherlands. Uh, he's a European type of player uh, where I think they like playing in space a whole lot more. Um, and then, you know, cutting to the basket and getting the ball uh, you know, produced guards this year were not great at passing, um, so I mean, I, he probably had some frustration uh, over that. Uh, but he, he doesn't—he he doesn't seem like a back-to-the-basket type of true center that you would you would think of uh, in college basketball. Um, he, he seems to be a little bit more comfortable uh, out on the perimeter. Not that he's going to go out there and shoot threes all, all the time, but he can, and he's—he's he's, he's demonstrated that he can hit that shot. Uh, throughout his career at Purdue and came up, you know, has come up with some big threes uh, during his time uh, here. Uh, But, you know, maybe he's looking for a program that will um, maybe allow him to do more of that or put him in a position to do more of that. And, you know, uh, one thing that I wrote the other day was, you know, Purdue played a different style this year than they did last year, all based on their personnel, you know. When they went to the Elite Eight, you have Carson Edwards, you have Ryan Klein. They're spreading the floor. Uh, there's a lot more opportunities out there for other players uh, without getting bogged down in the paint uh, because you have to guard Edwards on the perimeter and you have to guard Klein out on the perimeter. You know, I think that opened up a lot of things for everybody. Uh, you know, a couple years ago, this year they didn't have that. You know, you didn't have to. He had to guard Stefanovic out on the on the on the three point line, uh, but when when teams took him away, Illinois, for example, you know Purdue was kind of lost, and they didn't you know they didn't have that guy that could stretch stretch the floor on a consistent basis. Um, and That forced um, Purdue to pr- try to play more inside out, and that's something Painter wanted to do from the very beginning this year was be an inside out team. Uh, because you had arms and you had Travion Williams, and those those were two guys that you could you could potentially play through. And you know Travion is such a a good passer out of the post that if you double him, he's going to find the op- the open player, and he did that several times this year. Um, but for for a variety of reasons, uh, you know Purdue could never really um, be a consistent offensive team. Yes, they put a hundred and some odd points up against Iowa, but. You score thirty-seven at Illinois. Uh, you you know you score you know you know seventy-seven points. You know Michigan State, but uh, you know you you can only get um, into into the fifties at Ohio State. So you know they were they were inconsistent inconsistent in that area, but they they played differently this year because of their personnel. But just because they played the way they played this year doesn't mean they're going to play the same way next year you've got a lot more options uh available to you you've you've got a lot of players now with uh, a full year of experience that they should be better for and you're bringing in you know in essence five new players because you have the two redshirt guys mason gillis and brandon newman along with the three freshmen uh that you know it's going to force you to play a different style and you know maybe purdue can get out and do some more things in transition so you know, if Matt Harms thought that the same style was going to be played next year, that was this year. I don't, I, I don't think that's a, a correct, uh, correct statement. Yeah, you know, you know, yes, uh, Travion Williams is going to be the centerpiece of the offense, but you know, Purdue should be better in, in virtually every spot uh, next season, just based on you know all the things I said. Now, is that the reason Matt Harms left? You know, I, I don't know. You know, again, we're just <clears throat> we're just kind of reading, you know, reading, trying to read things into it and trying to figure out why. And that's you know, it's gonna it's gonna bother people why he left. It's gonna be puzzling why he, he would leave uh, this program uh, at this time. Um, but you know, maybe uh, he, he you know sees himself on a on a different stage and uh, trying to get noticed uh, by the NBA. Um, because you know he had a you know as you remember he had a chance to 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 play pro ball um, and not even come to Purdue and he was it was basic and I think it was basically pro ball or Purdue uh, at the time and he elected to come to Purdue to get the college experience and you know he I, I think he had a good career this year notwithstanding but I thought he had a he, he had a good career this year at, you know during his time uh, at Purdue so. You know his decision is going to bother fans for a while, uh, but you know this is this is the world that you know, that you live in. This is the world of college athletics at, at this time, and um, you know. And once the NCAA passes the rule that allows, you know, and harms doesn't apply to this because he's he's going to graduate. And he'll, he'll have a uh, he'll be able to grad transfer, but it. it It may eliminate grad transfers down the line because once the NCAA uh, decides to put the new transfer rules in place as far as giving everybody a one-time transfer, um, you know, without having to sit out a year, you know, that's kind of going to change the landscape a little bit uh, as well. Uh, But, you know, it's unclear, at least from the the information that I've read, whether grad transfers would – apply to that but I I think they would I think they're just looking at across the board giving you one time in your in your career to transfer basically you have five years to play um, four in under the under the current NCAA rules and we'll see we'll see if that changes uh, uh, down the road but anyway I I think the harm's decision is really going to bother fans for a little bit and uh, especially as uh, in the current state that we're in, where you're not really able to watch sports and stuff, so things like this will will linger a little bit more. But you know, now the bigger question is, what does Purdue do next? Um, you know, I think they will. Um, you know, Matt Painter said it on Tuesday that you know they'll they'll look at the transfer market, they'll see what's out there, um, they'll see what kind of fit they can find. Uh, for Purdue and, you know, we're in a, you know, all coaches and players and Harms is in this position as well, but uh, they're all in a, in, in a, in a situation where you can't go visit anywhere. Uh, you know, Matt Harms, um, you know, could easily, I mean, th- this is a scenario that could play out for Madden, could play out for um, anybody that Purdue would be looking at, you know, right now there's no on campus or off campus visits. Um, through May May 31st. Well, that probably gets extended at some point. Uh, I, you know, I don't. You know, I'm not a doctor. You know, I, I just it, it just it it appears that we're in this uh, virus situation for the long haul. Um, but I mean, there's there's a there's a chance that wherever Matt Harms ends up uh, he may not physically meet his coach. He may not physically meet his new teammates until he gets, assuming he gets on campus, uh, in the fall. Uh, but usually you would, you would take a visit to wherever you want to go, meet the team, meet the players, meet the coaches, meet the academic staff, meet everybody around there and kind of Get a feel for if it's if it's the right fit for you, and the opposite is the same, where the schools are trying to determine if if you're the right fit. So Matt Harms is going to face that, and Purdue's going to face that too, because they can't bring anybody in. You know, if they identify two or three guys that that they want to you know look at from a graduate transfer standpoint, uh, they cannot bring them in as of right now. And at that deadline. Uh, gets uh, extended into the summer. And right now there's a lot of schools, Purdue being one, that is going online for summer school. At least Purdue is doing it through June. Others uh, have it, have taken it into July. Uh, but you're not going to have any students on campus. Uh, but right now you can't get anybody on campus to visit. So all you're all your getting to know... What prospect you want to come, you know, you want that you might want to explore a little bit further is done either FaceTiming or Zoom or whatever other technology is out there, and you can you can get a feel, you can you can learn some things, but uh, you know, Painter is a coach that wants anybody he's bringing in new, you know, he wants them around his guys to figure out if he's going to be a good fit. And that's going to be a hard thing uh, for uh, for Purdue to kind of wrap their arms around. Uh, And every school is in the same situation. It's just not not Purdue, but you're seeing a lot of you're seeing a lot of transfers make decisions without visiting a campus and you know getting to to interact with. The, te- the teams that's there. Yeah, you can you can text, you can FaceTime, you can do all that stuff, but there's nothing like face-to-face conversations that that take place. So that's an obstacle for Purdue if they want to pursue uh, a grad transfer, and it would be a grad transfer. I don't think Purdue's looking at trying to find a player that has uh, uh, more than one year of eligibility left. Uh, this is a plug plug and play type of guy. And because they've got a you know, they're saving the you know, there's 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 limited scholarships available for twenty twenty one. They've one's already been filled. Uh, they have technically one more left, uh, but they've also, you know, I think the idea of potentially oversigning and adding a third member to that twenty twenty one class uh, is a real uh, possibility because the the class is pretty loaded, at least what Purdue is looking at. Uh, and uh, you, I think, in the long term, you'd rather have one of those players as opposed to somebody that would have maybe two years of eligibility uh, to help you. And the the other obstacle I think Purdue is going to going to face is it's well known that Travion Williams is your starting center next year. Uh, so you'll you're be bringing in a grad transfer in more of a backup role. Now, can the can the grad transfer that you would identify also play potentially the, the, the four spot? It, it, if Purdue could find another Evan Boudreau type of player, I think that would be ideal for what they're looking at. A guy that can play the five but also play the four, Uh, you know, a a tough rebounder, uh, a guy that can on occasion go out and get you double figures. Um, And, you know, I think that would be uh, kind of the the template that I think Purdue would be looking at uh, to try to get. And as we sit here today, I can't tell you if those guys are out there or not. I mean, there's a lot of people in the transfer portal for basketball um, I, think I, I think I saw a number the other day about over 600 players are in the transfer portal. portal. But, you know, Purdue's, you know, really narrow in, in what they're looking for. They're looking for a big guy. And you know, most graduate transfers go someplace to get more playing time. But, you know, in this case, I think you know, it's going to be a, um, not a hard sell, but it's going to be a different sell. Say, listen, we we need you to come in and and play behind uh, Travion Williams, who needs to play more minutes, and he also needs to up his production, and he knows that, and he said that, and everybody around the program understands that. So you you know you're you're looking for a guy, you know, if Travion can can somehow give you 25 effective minutes on the floor, then you're looking for a guy to give you 15, you know, in the 10 to 15 range, depending on uh, who else uh, could could work into that rot- rotation? Does, uh, uh, you know, uh, DeWanna now? I mean, right now, as of today, he, he's going he's to have to play a bigger role next year, especially if Purdue doesn't get anybody uh, to come in from the outside. And then you have Zach Eady, uh, the 7'3 Canadian, who I think Purdue wants the red shirt uh, that first year, but may not have the opportunity to do that. And he may be... He may be ready to go. He may be a guy that that can give you uh, some minutes there at the at the five. But they're going to need, you know, probably multiple guys uh, there, you know, similar to this year where you had Harm's coming off. You know, uh, as we got deeper in the season, Harm's coming off the bench and uh, in, in giving minutes, and then you had uh, Boudreaux who could play the five. So uh, you know, I think Purdue's probably looking at the same thing next year but as of right now you know at least when you had harms and williams when williams came out of the game and harms came in that you didn't have that big of you you were not it was not designed to have that big of a drop-off but if purdue doesn't add anybody right now then i think you've got a big drop-off from your starting center to whoever comes in and and tries to place play those minutes not you know you can mix and match lineup you can do a bunch of juggling and and all that kind of stuff but um you know purdue you know you know purdue's gonna look to fill the void uh and, and again you know there's some there's some players from power five programs that are out there there's there's some players that um you know, just initially looking at the list that's out there, you got you got you know, I think you got a player from Loyola Marymount, you got a player from St. Mary's, so you've got um, you know some players from those programs that are that are centers. You know, a couple seven footers uh, that are out there, and um, you know, as I said before, our, our our players like that, or players coming from Power Five programs, going to be you know willing to play you know, a a different, a secondary kind of role, you know, maybe they were playing in a secondary kind of role at their current school and they want to get out of that. Um, So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I think Purdue's history with big guys helps, you know, Painter's reputation with developing big guys. This is not a developing situation, but the way that he coaches big guys, the way that the assistants manage uh, uh, big guys, I think plays in their favor. And when, and when you start looking at the team, you know, I think with harm, you know, obviously with harms on the, on the, in the program, um, you know, I think you were looking at a, at a team that was quickly going to get right back into the big 10 race. Um, you know, this year, you know, they finished, uh, you know, 10th. Um, and, you know, I think based on what they have coming back, uh, and assuming that, Everybody that is coming back puts in the time in the off season uh, to to get better than what within what what you have coming in, and I, you know, I think you know Painter talked about a little bit today about you know maybe you know red redshirting Gillis and Newman hurt this team a little bit more than what he thought, uh, but. You know, I don't. I don't know from just from my standpoint. Um, you know, I don't know how many more wins that uh, Newman and Gillis give you would, would have given this team this year. I, I don't know. I just don't know if they would have been that kind of impact players. Now, they would have practiced differently, knowing they were going to play, and they would have had a different approach. But you know, I think you know, in the long run, you know, I think this is going to work out. But you know, Peter talked about that on Tuesday, just on maybe he didn't do this year's team the greatest service by redshirting those guys, but I also think he had confidence in what he had coming back, and no one expected Aaron Wheeler to not be able to hit shots. Um, and there were some other guys that just did not um, progress to the point where they could have consistently uh, helped the team, but that's... I think you all know that that's been that's been hashed and rehashed several times. But you know, when you look at next year's club, you know, I think it's a it's a team. <coughs> Excuse me. I think I think it's a team that even without harms right now, uh, you know, is a team that can crawl back up into the the middle of the league, maybe get in the upper half. Uh, and and it, it depends if that you know if Purdue can get a a, a solid. Backup center or a backup, you know, post forward type of player, then um you you could you know, I can see them easily, you know, moving moving closer to the top of the league. And, you know, and that's with putting a little bit putting some higher expectations on the incoming freshman with Jade Ivey and Ethan Morton. Uh painter called Morton probably the best passer that he's ever recruited. You know, and that's no disrespect to Dakota Matthias. Uh, and, you know, and Jaden Ivey kind of gives you uh, an element that you didn't have this year where the ability to, to break down a defense off the dribble. But, again, these guys are freshmen. It's going to take them time to, to learn what to do. And, ultimately, how they perform on the defensive end, as Painter has proven over, over time, will dictate how, how much they play. But, I, you know, I think next year's team... Uh, assuming that there is a college basketball season, uh, can really get back uh, into a contending level uh, in the Big Ten. They definitely would have done it with Harms. Uh, you know, now you just you, you kind of have to wait and see how far of a jump that they can get back into. Um, and there's going to be a lot of factors that that play into that. Well, we appreciate you you stopping by for this edition of the the Boulders Extra podcast. Uh, again, stay safe, uh, keep, uh, keep distance between people, support your, your local eateries as far as carryout is concerned. Uh, our, you know, our economy is going through uh, a tough period right now, but I'm, you know, I'm confident that once we kind of get through this and, um, it'll be, it'll be back. It'll be back doing what it was doing before, but, um, I've come to the realization, and this has nothing to do with sports, that you know, I, I think for 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 this country to get back to to where it, to where it was, to where we're all comfortable, is we're gonna have to need we're gonna need a vaccine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I just think that's the case, and I, I do think, and this for this is for another another day, another deeper dive. But you know, I I really see. Um, mm-hmm i I really see this country struggling to to bring sports back. I just don't think there's any um comfortable way as of right now that you do that and you know i you've got everybody's read the proposals, everybody's read what the pro sports are trying to do and um and all that kind of stuff but if it's not safe for fans to come back why is it why is it safe for players to come back? Um, you know, that's just at the pro level and at the college level, if you're not going to bring students back on campus, how do you justify bringing football players back or soccer players back? Uh, so to me, that's the thing to kind of, to, to, to look for as we get, as we get deeper through the spring and then into the summer. It's like, when do, when do college campuses open up to students again? And right now everything's online and it's planning to be online probably through, through the summer. Uh, terms, but as, we, as you get closer to fall, what happens? And you know that that's going to be decisions that are made, you know, really high up the food chain. And at least from a college football standpoint, uh, those those are decisions I think are going to be made by the by, by the Power Five conferences. Exactly, kind of what what happens. But that's that's kind of a subject for for another day. You know, hang in there. You know, keep doing what you what you need to do. Uh, work from home uh, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, be back with another uh, podcast uh, down the line. Uh, maybe try to get some guests on uh, to try to talk about different things that are, that are going on in the in the in the local sports world here. Uh, until next time, have a good day, and uh, obviously stay safe as we as we all battle through this.